Hello and welcome listeners to a midweek edition of everyone's favourite podcast, That's The Way The Cookie Crumbles. I'm here this week, just myself and Jim, but we're here to commemorate someone, aren't we, Jim? Yeah, just just me and your little double accent, two podcasts in a week. I think that's a, a cookie first. and um, So, I mean, you should be very thankful on Thanksgiving as well. So that's a nice little tie-in. Yeah, for all our but American yeah, listeners. Yeah, and you know, we have got some American listeners. Happy um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to you all. Happy Turkey Day. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, we, we are here to commiserate somebody. And a special podcast requires a special player. And unless you've been living under a rock, you all know who it is. It's Diego Maradona, um, died at the age of 60. Approximately 24 hours before recording today now. It was just yesterday, about this time, wasn't it, when we got the news. The sad news from Argentina. Um, I don't really know where to start with him. Um, obviously, we have to preface his podcast with that we weren't old enough to um, appreciate him fully, are we? But it's been nice catching up on some of the old clips that we've seen today. Yeah, it's been really nice to have a look at him. Like Jim stated there, we're like 24, 25 years old. Obviously not old enough to see Diego Maradona play at all, really. I think he retired in 94, could be wrong, but that was the year before I was born. So I didn't see him kick a ball ever with my my own eyes live. But like you said, it's been nice to watch these compilations and we've watched his documentary and we will talk about his documentary later on in the pod. But I think we should start, Jim, with his honours, what he won and why people love him so much and where he played. So initially won the Argentina Primera Division in 1981 with Boca Juniors. With Barcelona, he won the Copa del Rey, the Copa de la Liga and the Super Cup de España all in 1983, doing the treble with the side. Went to Italy, to his beloved Naples, where he was seen as a god. And he won the Serie A in 1986-87 season, followed by the 1989-90 season, followed by the Coppa Italia, followed by the UEFA Cup, and followed by the Supercoppa, winning the Argentina, sorry, winning the World Cup with Argentina in 1986, as well as Serie A with Napoli, which is some achievement. He won the FIFA Player of the Century and he won the Golden Boot. So for Player of the Tournament and for the top goal scorer, he got the most assists and he got Goal of the Century. So obviously it's nice to go down his honours gym and his bit of his highlight reel, but it's sad. I was genuinely sad when I saw this yesterday. Yeah, I never know how to say these big celebrity deaths. I mean, the year's gone, you're kind of expecting like a massive one just to end the year because like, you're also getting his bad news, but... Yeah, to Diego then, just when you was reading off them highlights, um, them honours, sorry, um, you think of the stats alone, tell you how dominant that World Cup 1886 in Mexico was. Like, we've never seen anything like it. Um, and that's at a time where the World Cup is the pinnacle. I know it's supposedly the pinnacle tournament nowadays, but I'd argue that with all these European super clubs, just halves and all the best players, like the Champions League is probably that, the equivalent nowadays. And a, and a player has never been able to do what Maradona did at the 86 World Cup and then when you mentioned him winning in, in Naples and we know Napoli now is a very good side and one of Italy's top sides but back then there was a there was like a club and it was nearly 100 years old 80 years old player when Maradona joined and they'd won two cups in the entire history and that was, a, that was when the Serie A was the richest and most famously full of all stars from everywhere every country um, so I've been trying to put that in context today. Imagine if, like, Messi, like, where would he have to come to in the Premier League? 
like what would you say would the would be like the comparison if he came to England and did something like that? I would you know I mean say, like a Brighton or something or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, I I was thinking Southampton for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why they were the first yeah. thing that came to my head. But yeah, it is like him joining Southampton and almost creating the us against them mentality of because obviously anyone who knows Italy and Naples is highly mafia run area. And obviously he fell into that crowd. We will talk about the documentary, but it's just the area, everything they adopted him. And then he famously said that Naples was part of Argentina um, with the Italian 90 situation and stuff like that. But it was just a match made in heaven, it looked like, apart from, obviously, the protection he sought from the, the mafia. Yeah, he, he gave everything to Napoli and the people of Napoli, the Neo, Neapolitans. I can't really say that word. Yeah, Neapolitans. They, Neapolitans. Yeah, they gave him even more back. So, like, they're mad for football. And there's a bit in the documentary, and I know we keep prefacing it but and uh, referencing it <clears throat> were the fans he was interviewing one of the fans and one of the fans was saying that you don't really care what happens to them or the family like the entire week all they care about is how an absolutely play on Sunday which is just like mental dedication to a football club and then we see in the opening scenes didn't we how many people showed up at um, the San Paolo just to watch yeah. him do five key 85,000 it was 85,000 welcomed him when he was doing his keepy uppies and obviously yeah when they won the Scudetto they parted for two months straight, which is phenomenal from the Napoli fans. But obviously, we're, we're big fans. And like we said, we have been looking at his completions and highlights on YouTube, Jim. But if I was to put you on the spot now, what would you say is your favourite Maradona highlight? Oh, it is, He's got so many. It's, it's just like ridiculous. You kind of get lost in it all. Um, you could watch it for hours. But there's two that stood out to me today. Um, and over the past 24 hours, scrolling through Instagram and Twitter and Reddit and the rest of it, it was an Argentinian match. I think, I think it was against Switzerland, or it's a red kick anyway. But it's a Rabona assist. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, he does like a drag back, and then just a Rabona cross, and the guy adds in from like six yards out. That was just like wow. I've never seen that before either. I don't. No, that's what yeah, I mean. Stuff I like, seen that either. I saw that on just like a compilation video. Yeah, stuff like that gets lost. Like that's just if somebody did that today, that'd be like get a million hits everywhere. But I think it. If it was my number one pick, um, it would be his free kick against Juventus. It was an indirect free kick, and someone rolls it, and he just, it's like he doesn't even care. He just like clips into the top corner, and it's the game where it's his second season in Napoli, and there's a big north and south divide in Italy where the south a lot says that the Africans of Italy, that's what Maradona described him as, because he said, the Northern Italian fans, the Juventuses, the Inters, the Milans, the sets of fans were all racists. And it was basically like saying it's the, Naples is the sewer of Italy and all this stuff. And it was the, a massive win um, for, for an underdog team. And then that was the winning goal. And I just think it's such, I could have watched that goal so many times. Um, so yeah, that would be mine. What would be yours? Well, I think the obvious answer is obviously the uh, the England goal the one where he starts in his own half. So I'm not going to say that. I'm going to actually say his goal against Greece in the 94 World Cup. I love that goal. Just cuts inside. It's just a perfect example of what you would say Messi is today. You know what he's going to do, but you can't stop it because you know it's it's just going to happen regardless. And then obviously it's the famous image of him running to the camera and screaming. And then obviously yeah. it's a bit of a catch-22 when you find out that he gets in trouble for doping not long after that. But the goal itself and just the situation and he's old at this point I think he bows out not long after that but yeah I think, that, that's not, I think it's the 94 World Cup isn't it 
Yeah. It's nine for World Cup and it's kind of like, I think people are watching it at that time thinking this is, we know Maradona's past his peak, but just in that split few seconds, he's just showing like what it's about. And then I think the celebration is, is iconic in it. And I think the reason yeah. he did it is probably because maybe something to do with the fact that he knows he's not had his full powers. So he really wants to do it because he's kind of losing his powers. Um, and he's a footballing ability. But yeah, that's, and that, part, that, that celebration just shows how passionate he is. And I think that's why people love him because I've never, I don't know, it's hard to think of a football player that loves the games as much as he did. He was like, even as a fan, do you know, when we've seen him man, being a manager and in the stadium, in the stands for Argentina, when he was just yeah. watching the, in the Russia World Cup, do you remember when I think there's a point where he fell, asleep, you know, he fell asleep and then he was like swearing at the other fans and then he was like putting his hands in the Christ the Redeemer. Um, like pose like that's how much he just loves football yeah he was he was crazy I mean obviously we're alluding to it again but me and, Din, me and Jim didn't actually see him play so really it's more of his antics off the pitch that we're more associated with with his because it's no it's no surprise that he loved cocaine it's as simple as that he did really love cocaine he liked to bump and yeah he did he did <laughs> he, um, but, the, but the thing is at the end of the day, I'm watching his documentary and we'll dive into it a bit now, but it was an addiction and it just where he was at that point in his life in Naples, he was surrounded by drugs and that wasn't going to help anyone. And I just think anyone who doesn't know Italian night, the, the Italian night tournament was a big one for him because Argentina were playing Italy at the Sao Paulo. Was it the Napoli stadium? Yeah, at that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and everyone was basically saying how it was wrong. That should not be played at that stadium. You should not. You shouldn't have done that. Basically, saying that it was wrong, and I agree, they shouldn't have. But it created a massive divide with Napoli fans because there was some Napoli fans who were saying, "I'm supporting Maradona. I don't care about Italy. I'm supporting him," which just yeah. shows that the pull that the guy had. And you can see, and you can see where they come from when you when you watch the full documentary and learn more about how Napoli as a, as a city was treated by, like, like I alluded to before, about kind of the sewer of Italy and some of the chance that they used to get that stadium from visiting fans. It's kind of like, yeah, they're in Italy, but they don't feel Italian. They don't feel like part of the country because they're so looked down upon. So really when that game did happen, you, you can't really blame some of the fans. Like I'm trying to put myself in that situation. Yeah. I couldn't re- yeah, I can see where they're coming from, and yeah, it definitely did divide it. And then for him to score, it wasn't it wasn't actually the winning penalty because Argentina had to miss uh, missed had to miss one, but it was Argentina's last penalty. And the tension in the documentary when he's taking that penalty, it, it's just the the um, they capture it so well. And then yeah, obviously he plays the final and gets he gets his um, national anthem booed, and he's calling all the fans sons of bitches. <laughs> you love to see it. I mean. He was a character, but one thing you could never take away from him was the fact that he knew how good he was. He never really bragged about how good he was. He always just worked for the team, always would work hard. Back in those days as well, obviously, knee-high tackles coming in all the time. I mean, I think it'd be a crime if we didn't speak about the Copa del Rey final against Bilbao when, obviously, he's kicked for however long and then this massive brawl just happens. And I've honestly, I've never seen anything like that on a football pitch. He literally <laughs> runs across and I swear to God, Masvidal would be proud of that knee. 
that he <laughs> threw on that Bilbao player. It's the key, it's the key thing he's done it, and he just flat he just flattens him. But that's <laughs> so he, he, he gives it out though, doesn't he? Like I mean, he, he gets a lot of um, you know, it's like it's completely different sport, isn't it? Like yeah. football from like what thirty four years ago, completely different sport. I mean, we, there's a lot of talk today about um, this is just England for you to be fair. Like he's dead, and I was talking about his handball goal. It, it Peter Schilling was on Sky before, like just showing him, well, kind of showing him something, but still just complaining about his sportsmanship. But when you say cheating is a handball, when you look at some of the tackles that Maradona had to suffer and ride. And is that not cheating? Like in that England World Cup game alone, he got elbowed three times in the chin. <laughs> the guy got a yellow card. My my philosophy on it, Jim, is the fact that I have to almost put myself in his shoes and go, "Would I have done it for England?" And the answer is yeah, one hundred percent. It's like diving in it. Every, I've like, done you it. Know, you know what I mean? Like if your player dives to get you a penalty and you win like the final, you like are you out? Do you remember the dive? Do you? Fuck. You remember the penalty this, that goes in? Sticking with Italy, lad, obviously, from from my time in America, I met this Italian guy, and I, I spoke to him about diving and stuff, and he said, it's obviously, it's more prominent in Serie A and this, that, and the other. But he said, it's almost seen as like a creative thing. If you can deceive the referee in a creative way, or if you can do like the hand of God, for example, and you can do it without getting caught, they almost respect it. And I, I almost fall into that same category where, one, I would do it if it was England, without a shadow of a doubt. If the ball's up there and I'm punching it against whoever, I'm, I'm doing it. I don't care. Like, why not? And yeah. the, the thing is as well, if, you can, if you're still moaning about that now, you honestly need to get a fucking life because it's happened in 1986. And Gary Lineker interviewed him about it and he said, Gary Lineker was like, I don't think you're a cheater. And I played in the game. So if people can't get he over that... He scored in the game? Exactly. If you can't get over that, then who can? If he played in the game and he's not asked, how can I be asked? Yeah, I mean... And like, like you were saying, Phil, about the, the, the cultures of um, English people and Italians, and it's, it's like the South American deception and getting one over on the authorities and the authorities being the referees in this case. He's kind of celebrated more as we're like, we're the gentlemen, but... Really, I mean, if we're elbowing him three times and every single time he gets the ball just going two-footed into his knees, are we the gentleman, really? Is that any different to one balls? I mean, no. the, the long-term implications to getting a leg-breaking tackle is worse than just one handball goal, isn't it? Well, it's the, it's, the, it's the difference between, for example, if if a guy's running through 1v1 and you're winning 1-0 in the World Cup final, do you take him down on the halfway line for a red card? Of course, of course, of course you, do. you do. So yeah. if the opportunity you presents you- itself... It's selective cheating, lad. That's all it is. It's it's. I prefer that because it didn't happen to England. That's all that is. Yeah, and but we'll, we'll, what a game though. Like to oh, if you had game. to put Maradona down to one game or one kind of moment in his career where he scores that goal, does does the hand of God and it's such a fitting title because he's so religious and he's put down as a god in in Napoli and. They got out and he came out of nowhere. He said himself, he didn't know what he didn't plan it, it just kind of happened. <laughs> and you can see it kind of happened. I mean, I watched the first replay and actually does look like he edits it to be fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get one fast. from the side and obviously he's just punched it in. But then the second goal, five minutes later, is it's, it's the greatest goal of all time, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, it, it got voted goal of the century by FIFA, and rightly so. He picks the ball up in the right-back position, takes on about four players, and the audacity to go round Shilton, even with three players around him in the box, the composure to not even just like panic and take a shot, or even be tired and take a shot, the audacity to go round him. And then he takes a, a massive tackle from behind as well, after he's put <laughs> yeah. it in the net. So I, I, that goal is ridiculous, and it's folklore, and, and I think it will yeah. be forever. And did did you um, get any of what Lineker was saying last night on BT? Did you see that? It's like I saw, yeah, I saw he was saying about when he played for the rest of the world for a half, and yeah, he was. Well, I was just going to say about about that goal. He was saying because obviously he was playing the game. He was saying the Azteca in Mexico at that time was re-turfed, so every single time you push down on the end of one bit of the turf, it just like kind of like slid under your foot. So uh, to even to even do what he did with no players in front of you. It's kind of impossible for a normal football player. That's how much control he had of the ball. Yeah. I mean, we spoke a little bit about, obviously, what a great player he was and what he's achieved in the game. But like the documentary says, we'll go into it a bit now. There was Diego and there was Maradona. There was two very separate people. And I think watching this documentary for the first time, I only watched it today for the very first time. You and Stan have seen it prior, but I, I was watching it and I thought, he, he never had a minutes piece. He, he really wasn't, he, he was treated like a God, but really valued his privacy. And he was almost numbing the pain of not having privacy with cocaine and alcohol and aligning him with the, this mafia. So they would do whatever he wanted. And the, the price was only, he would have to go to an event and say, I endorse this product because I'm Diego yeah. Maradona. And that's all. And, and, and yeah. And the irony of that is that at the very start of the documentary, when it shows him going to um, Napoli, I think he's on a plane and he's got a drink in his hand. He's got his big fluffy coat on. And the reporter asks him, what do you expect from Naples? And he says, peace. And now, at the first, have you played in clock that? Because I watched it twice. I watched yeah. that today again and I see and noticed that and thought, Christ, you didn't get peace, did you? That's all you got the exact opposite. Yeah. What do you think, Jim, about Italian Because obviously that situation where a lot of Italian fans... And Napoli fans are saying, you better miss this. You play for Napoli. But the way I look at it is, he's Argentinian. He's doing his job for Argentina and he wants to win the World Cup for Argentina. He's not playing for Napoli now. He's playing, he's playing for Argentina. Yeah, no, I mean, he was never going to miss that, was he? I mean, no. he was never going to purposely miss it anyway. He missed a penalty in, in that in that The in one that before, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, in, I think it was in a group stage game. Just um might have won it anyway, but he got absolutely booed for it. Um so obviously he was playing. Cause I was at the time where somebody said in the documentary that when he came to Italy, everyone was excited. Every fan, not just Napoli fans, because he's saying, oh, he's going to be a star. He's great for the league. But then when Napoli started winning things, it was like, oh, we don't like him anymore. He's, he's a problem now. And by Italian 90, he'd won, um, he'd won the Super Cup, he'd won the UEFA Cup, and he'd won two Serie A's too. So they, and then to knock Italy out, <laughs> that was just... That kind of ended it for him and everything that kind of went downhill from there and that's what the documentary catches really well. All his problems off the pitch. Yeah, and obviously we we keep alluding to it, but obviously we didn't we didn't see him play. So we we saw more of the off the pitch stuff with Maradona. You see in the documentary, it's horrible to see, but he gains loads of weight from obviously his cocaine abuse and just poor health as a result and his his girlfriend or his wife says in the documentary without football he had no motivation to do anything because prior to the 
it's how the, the Italian I think it is Italian United when he would say I would go out on a Wednesday I would go out after the game on a Sunday and I would stay out until Wednesday and then I would do my cleanse from Wednesday in preparation to play on Sunday but he quit doing drugs before Italian United and you could tell he looked healthy he looked a lot better and then every, everything happened four years later he says goodbye to the game and his wife just says, like like I said before, without football, he didn't have anything, which is so shit to see, given he was literally on top of the world. And it almost saw like Napoli and Naples turn the back on him almost when they, when he needed them the most. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it was. It was the 89-90 season when he was doing that, when he was going out for three days on benders and playing on the Sunday and doing that for a full season. I mean... That, for me, when I watched the documentary, I remember walking out of the cinema last year when I watched it, thinking, like, Jesus, um, that's I didn't realise what had gone on behind the scenes in that season. Um, and that, for me, was the most impressive feat of his, even past <clears throat> winning Napoli's first Scudetto and lifting the World Cup of Argentina single-handedly, because not only did he have the drug problem where he would go on three-day... To go on three-day bends alone... And then be the best player and win the and win the the Serie A when it was so strong when it was full of players like Van Basten and Baggio and Rijkaard and Baresi and players like that. It's just mental enough. But he also that was when the Camorra, the um, the crime syndicate and the mafia was tightening the grip on him because he was addicted to drugs and they was using his drug addiction to basically overpower him and little power plays at four in the morning getting him to go and promote such a a business or take pictures for the newspaper and this, that and the other. And that's when he didn't want to be in Napoli that much. He, but he still smiled, managed to find the willpower to yeah. go and play every Sunday and be that good. I, I think for me, that was the one outstanding bit of the documentary. My, that's why I took away from it. What would you say after watching it today would be like the thing that you remember the most or your favorite moment or something like that? I really like. I would. All right. I would say my favorite moment is when he wins the World Cup and he rings his mom and he's talking to his mom and he's saying, "I did it, mom. I did it." And she's going, "Oh, you've done it now. You can rest." And he's going, "I'm so happy. I'm so happy." And she's going, "You've made me the happiest mom in the world," or something like that. That's probably my favorite bit. But my most memorable bit is probably the bit where the the reporter's interviewing this lady in the hospital and she's going. I've uh, this is my son Diego Armando Jr. or Armando Jr. and he's going. Why have you called it that? And she's going. Well, I've had a relationship with Diego Maradona, and he's like, "What? The Napoli player?" And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "What? <laughs> it's crazy." That's that's um, that's just one of like a thousand things he had going on in the background to go and play football. Um, I don't yeah, that, that was pretty mental. I don't, I don't even know what even came of that. They didn't really... No, they didn't um, really dispute it. Include what happened. He, he, yeah, he, he kind of just thought... I don't know, not thought, but... I don't know, he, he definitely pled not guilty in that situation. But as we've seen from watching the rest of the documentary, that he can't. He did play away sometimes, even when he had his girlfriend and kids at home. Um, but yeah, I think why people love Maradona so much too, just from a more general point, is that football for a lot of people and for me included too is a bit of an escape from real life and just to sit down and watch football and forget about all the real world problems and Maradona that he had so many that his faults um embodied why he's such a legend. He had he had that baby going in the background. He had the pressure of the world on his shoulders, the pressure of the city on his shoulders, he had his drug abuse. 
the media would just hound him. People would show up to his house. Um, the media would write stories about him in the paper. And then he had his own insecurities. And then he'd just go on football, forget it all, and be possibly the greatest player of all time. And we can go into that discussion now if you want. I mean, the GOAT yeah. discussion is, is one that yeah, everyone will continue to have. Yeah, but he's definitely a- in the conversation. Oh yeah, he's got he's got to be in the conversation. And just before we do get into that, I just want to say, like you've just said, then I just googled about the love child that they talk about in the documentary. And in 2017, it said he accepted him into the family, so it was true that he was that is was his kid. And like you just said, then Jim, he, he says it in the documentary. I loved I loved my girlfriend, but I was no saint. He 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 was a guy. He was a womanizer. He loved cocaine. And he loved going out, getting pissed. He, he he just did. And it's a bit ironic that he died on the same day as George Best, who did love going out and yeah. getting fucked up. And <laughs> just like, it's just, it's crazy. But, but I just think, like you said, he's doing all that on cocaine whilst having, he's treating himself for a cocaine addiction. He's not in rehab. He's not doing anything like that. And it almost seemed like it's, his life was crazy enough on its own. Add the cocaine in. It numbs the pain for him, and he's still got to go out on a Sunday and deliver for Napoli, and he did. And yeah. I know I'm, you and go on, son. No, I was going to say, I'm going to start comparing to players like Messi in a moment. But yeah. we, it, when you think about it, what's kind of blows my mind is how little we know of Messi. If you think about it personally, Messi lives none of his life in the public, and Maradona is flips on his head. Maradona yeah. lives literally his entire life is in the paper, and. He doesn't really care about it, to be honest. The way his attitude is, he's like, they can write that about me. Yeah, I mean, I like to see. I like to obviously, but he didn't give a he didn't give a shit about the press, and nor should he have give a shit about the press because majority of the time it was a load of bollocks. All that really mattered for him was, did the Napoli fans love him? Yes. Did Argentina love him? Yes. And was he hurting anybody in the process? Apart from himself, probably not, because at the end of the day, he gave Naples everything and. When he needed them the most, they, they, they give him nothing back. But for greatest of all time, I know you and Stan obviously saw this at the cinema, I think last year when it came out, 2019. Yeah, it came out last year, yeah. And for anyone who's not seen it, give it a watch. It's two and a half hours long. It's brilliant. Just give it a watch. Yeah. But I know definitely you and Stan t- said to me, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, def- definitely take advantage of, I know it's a very sad thing, but celebrate it. Um, learn yeah. more about him, watch his clips and the documentary is amazing. Yeah, it's on demand on Channel 4, so get on 4OD and give it a watch. That's why I had got it on before. But you and Stan were saying it might change your opinion on who you think is the greatest player ever. And prior to going into this, for me, it's, it's Leo Messi. I've seen Ronaldo and Messi with my own eyes on a football pitch. I've never seen Maradona, nor have I seen Pele. But for, for me, I think Maradona maybe is... is I gained a lot of respect for him watching this, so it's it's hard to from an yeah. outside looking in. It, it's all right to say I, I was oh, this, he was I a cokehead or he's this and that. I was he was a cokehead, and but I, I would say Messi is still the greatest for me because I've grown up with him and I've watched a lot more of of Messi. But Maradona is a very very close second. I would say on par with Cristiano Ronaldo, just from sheer ability at the moment, and then obviously juggling addiction with pressure and grip from the mafia so Messi's still my goat I would say but Maradona has gone a lot higher in my estimations yeah but like like you say I was pretty similar when I went I wasn't really thinking about it but prior to watching the documentary I was kind of thinking 
we've grown with Messi. We've seen Messi since his debut and everything he's done. And surely there's no one better than this. I like how can it? Yeah, I couldn't even imagine it better than this. So how can it be better than this? But then you watch it and you understand why Maradona did the drugs and why Maradona was so good. And then you think, fucking hell, the Serie A was probably a lot better than the leagues Messi's played. I know the league is very good, but he didn't have all the stars the Serie A had. And then he did drag Argentina, who were massive underdogs, and only just qualified for the 86 World Cup that they won. So you only just even qualified. And that's how the South American, a very small continent in comparison to like Europe and the rest of it. Um, so he does make you think. I think the, the generations are too far apart to actually compare. You look at some of the pitches Maradona played on and the rules back then, it's almost like a different sport. Yeah, um, it's like falling for you. Yeah, so I, I think it's definitely fair to compare Messi and Ronaldo, but maybe it isn't to compare Messi and Maradona. Um, and yeah. I think the greatest of all time will ultimately come down to what generation you're in. I think I'll be like you. I think when I look back on from when Messi... Um, finish his career we'll we'll look back and think yeah because you'll tell your grandkids about Messi because we watched him but then if we was 20 years old I say we might be in the Maradona camp yeah I mean a lot of people talk about Pele obviously if we didn't see Maradona we definitely didn't see Pele so I I can't even talk about him he's not even in the conversation for me just because I've not seen anything really of it and it was at a time where I think football again, was completely different to the Maradona era. I think football's been split almost into like three eras, the Pele era, the Maradona era, and you've got your modern era, which is obviously Messi and Ronaldo at the moment. But yeah, I gained a lot of respect for him watching this. And it's not as easy as just saying, oh, he was a cokehead. So what the fuck? Like if you're, you could be the biggest anti-drug advocate in the world, watch the documentary and still feel sorry for Maradona. I can guarantee that. Yeah, you, you can definitely see why he gets into it. He can't do anything else. <laughs> like he even says he can't go out to the cinema or the shop or anything about getting hounded but like and then when you're getting stuff pushed into your face it's not it, like drug abuse and addiction doesn't um, defy someone's personality it's just a point in their life and yeah, it's just biological what happens in the red when they get addicted to it it's not it doesn't defy them what I will say about Maradona in the greatest of all time um, argument he's my favourite out of the four if we're counting Pele Ronaldo and Messi just because of his character and all the stories behind it. And definitely, without a doubt, none of them three of us have been as, as loved by the fans as Maradona is or was. Mm. So there's no way. Argentina are having three days of mourning. And, <laughs> and the, mayor of Na- the mayor of Napoli is calling for the Stadio San Paolo to be called the Stadio San Maradona, I think. Yeah, that would be that's the, Yeah, the, the effect he's had on fans is higher than possibly anybody else ever. Yeah, it's just, it's shit as well with Maradona, just as we're winding down here. But the thing with Diego Maradona is, it was shit. When I saw it yesterday, I saw it well early. I was just refreshing my Twitter and I put it in the the group chat and I was like, Maradona's died here. And it was from a like a South American publication. So I was like, I went onto my Twitter. I was like, we'll see how real it is. Because obviously stuff like this is broken in the past and it's just bollocks. And I checked and then I seen some like journalists tweeting about it and I was like oh fuck he's actually died here and the fact that he was only 60 is so shit because he had his brain operation two weeks ago and then he has a heart attack yesterday which is just shit but he lived a good life for 60 years he lived a very a very 60 years of rock and roll yeah very fast paced crazy life with the mafia 
just drugs, playing at the peak, winning the World Cup, just everything. Have you, um, have you seen the Oasis documentary? I've seen the clip that you're referring to about the women. Yeah. Well, you just there's a bit where obviously they're in Argentina, Oasis playing or whatever. Maradona is on house arrest at the time, <laughs> um, but throws a massive party. And so the Gallagher's want to go and meet him. They, they do have any stuff in him a few times, but the, the Gallagher's at the peak of the rock and roll. And if anyone knows anything about it, they know like they did a lot more drugs than Maradona did. They could probably sniff him under the table, but <laughs> um, they actually went out of Maradona's party and went, nah, that's just too mental for me. <laughs> like, we're not getting involved. And Maradona was playing football at the time professionally and on house arrest. <laughs> but it's just that you won't get a character ever again like it. No, he, he genuinely was a character that he was just he just was on his own his own level, his own wave. He didn't really he just did him. And like I said before, if he's not hurting anyone, which he wasn't, apart from himself, that in hindsight I can say that. But yeah, I mean, but what a what a legend of the game. I don't really know what more we can say about him. It's just sad that he's gone, obviously. And without trying to sound too sinister here, given how bad Pele's health condition is. I can't believe that he's died before Pele because Pele's yeah. had about three heart attacks now. And Maradona's had a lot of scares. The one he, he, yeah. he rushed to hospital a few times, you can just normalise it now. Like when it happened the other day about his brain surgery, I thought I'd be all right. He's come through like that so many times. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's both ways. You're looking at it, you said before that oh, it's, it is shit 60s a young age to go and it is. But the way his body was treated... It, it, it probably might be a shock to some people that he lasted until 60. Yeah. Like, he probably got a good 60 years out of it. Um, yeah, he abused yeah. his body, no doubt. Yeah. But, like, not, no, no fault of his own sometimes because of the addiction and because of what the demands that were on him. He, there was a bit in the documentary where he was getting, what, he was getting five injections every Sunday before his games because he had um, sciatica and low back pain. Um, just winding down on him, I think. We, we, said all we need to say about him probably but one more thing that I did notice about him and about sportsmen as elite as him and the mentality that you've got to have is that he uses excuses to get fuel to motivate him for certain things so I know you've seen the Michael Jordan documentary um, The Last Dance and there's a lot of memes about MJ taking stuff personally and getting revenge on people have you seen them Yeah, and he's like oh yeah I've got to go and beat him now because he said this about me or whatever um, Diego did the kind of the same thing um, when they looked down on Napoli and did all the chance he took that personally um, when he beat England um, in the quarterfinals in 86 it was not long after the Falklands and that was when they were seeing England as the bad guy because obviously England and Argentina were at war so I kind of take from that that elite sportsman that's what they that's what they do because they have to motivate motivate themselves because when you've won everything, how do you continue to stay at the top? Yeah, like you said, it's just it's just a mad time for him to be alive during that period in Italy, and it's almost like like I said before, the us against the world mentality of Naples to say he left Barcelona to join us. He could have gone anywhere, and he came here. And that's why I like in the documentary, there's a picture of the patron saint of Naples, I think it is. And he's got Maradona on his lap, which just shows in what high regard he was, he was seeing in Naples. And like we said, if you've not got anything more to add, Jim, 
Yeah, just just one more thing. Just be yeah, said, you might have been my, my favourite picture um, that I've seen over the past 24 hours. And it's after Napoli win the first title in 86, 87. Um, they put a banner on a cemetery in Napoli and he says, oh. you don't know what you've missed. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was that, amazing. That was classic. I saw that in the documentary and I was watching, I actually watched it with my mum, you know, the documentary. We watched it all and I, she saw it and she thought, as, as if that, that that's what they've done, they've put that banner on outside the cemetery. That's so good. So good. It's superb. The first, obviously the first ever Scudetto for, for Napoli and the people in Naples, but yeah, Jim, we, we've honoured, I feel like we've done him justice there, Diego. I feel like we've honoured a, a great man today yeah definitely and uh, i've enjoyed it a little short little podcast a little special i mean if the listeners would like to see more um i'm sure when a big event happens uh or whatever happens that we can yeah. maybe pull up a little impromptu yeah pod. hopefully hopefully it's not when always when the reaper comes out but hopefully something oh, yeah. nice can happen <laughs> and we do something we're not we're not aaron ramsey we're not praying for any of that shit but now, like Jim said, if, if you do like it, hit us up on iTunes, give us a five-star review, leave comments. It, honestly, it helps the pod out and it helps us climb up the iTunes charts. Available on Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, just search in That's The Way The Cookie Crumbles or on socials, the handle Cookie Podcast followed by the number one. So it's just been me and Jim this week. A nice little twosome. Stan's taking the bins out. I think he might have might have fell over. Did hear a big bang outside before, so hopefully he's okay. But yeah, Jim, episode 86 of The Cookie Pod. Little short one for the listeners. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, and we'll be back. We'll be back recording Monday about the weekend's action, of course. Yes, we will, of course. So, listeners, we do hope you've enjoyed our. You can you can almost say it's our testament to Diego, Jim, our uh, our Maradona chronicles, Uh, our obituary. Yes, Diego's obituary. But yeah, episode eighty-six, and that's the way the cookie crumbles, baby. See ya.